We're in Cancun right now, celebrating our 26th wedding anniversary. And I've noticed something, which you know I think has been common since we made it to 25 years, but on this trip in particular, people ask why we're here, we're telling we're celebrating our honeymoon, they ask how long, and when we say 26 years, people are just blown away by that. Oh wow, that's amazing, no one makes it 26 years anymore, and no, that's fantastic. And so I, I was thinking, and I kind of want to talk about how did we get lucky that we made it 26 years? Okay. All right. And I know you like to prepare thoughts, so this is going to be fun. Since I haven't prepared anything? Yep, I love it. That you're a little bit more spontaneous. Okay. So, because definitely the way we got engaged and married was very unconventional, and I think most people would think the way we did it would have set us up for failure immediately. You know, we, we grew up as next-door neighbors, but when you moved away at 11, I think I saw you once or twice. During the teenage during years? During the teenage years, and then, you know, you got back home to college and gave me a call, and we went out, and super long story short, we were engaged nine days later. After our first date? Uh, yeah, nine days after our first date and our first kiss, and we still don't really know how the proposal happened. We just kind of were engaged, and then we got married a few months after that. Mm -hmm. So I think most people thought that, oh my gosh, this is never gonna work for them. I think even your mom took you out to lunch and was like, hey. Yeah, she was she was concerned. And your, your stepdad was too, concerned that I was ruining your life and they made you change your career path also. You that, gonna, oh, that you did? Uh-huh. Yeah. So, so I have a couple of ideas that, you know, things that I think have have helped us along the way, but what thoughts do you have? What What is the first thing that comes to your mind as to why we succeeded for this long? Sex. <laughs> I knew that's where it was going. You told me not to prepare anything, and of course that's where my mind's going to go. Of course, sex. I don't have any intellectual things to say. Okay, so sex is a huge component. What's the next thing then? Um, I don't know. What's second? Um, you think luck? I mean, I don't think luck's a, a thing, really. I, I, well, do you want me to tell you my, my thoughts? Sure. As I was thinking about this. So I think one thing that, for me in particular, and I think probably to you also, is that our extended family, there's very, very few people that have gotten divorced. And so I think we have a really great example. Not, but not only are they not divorced, they're happy. They're not just staying together for the kids or, you know, for whatever reason. But... You look at my extended family, your extended family, and I think we have some great examples of marriages that have worked. Mm -hmm. Do you agree? Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, definitely. Your mom and Stan have been married a long time, and your Aunt Janet, your Uncle Ron. Yeah. I mean, a lot of relatives, and the same on my side, grandmas, grandpas, aunts, uncles, great aunts and uncles, you know? So I think for, for that, I think we were lucky in that regard. Yeah, I, I think that we had lots of good examples and I think that as we went through marriage if we had troubles I was I guess the intellectual side of me would say that why do we need to get divorced over a problem you know why why can't we solve this problem within marriage and I just didn't see that there'd be any happiness any better happiness outside it's this idea of saying well I'd be happier with someone else I mean I admit that if we'd not met each other, we would have married someone else, and we likely, hopefully, would have been in happy marriages. 
but it has more to do with us as individuals and just not giving up and recognizing that after, you know, now having spent 26 years, if we were to all of a sudden get divorced, it would take another 26 years with another person to get to where we are. And I just don't want to invest that much time starting over. So at this point, and all along, the idea was, look, we're just going to invest the energy in this marriage and just make this work because I genuinely, genuinely believe that love is primarily a concern for another person's well-being. I agree, 100%. Even if you're different than me, which you very much are different than I am. Oh yeah, we are complete opposites. Yeah, and so it's just recognizing that I don't understand you oftentimes, but, and you don't understand me. You understand me better than I understand you. I, I do, I think I understand you better. But that we're just willing to put up with each other's weirdness as, and it helps each of us grow. I've become a better person as I be, tolerate, it's not the right word, but as I tolerate your quirks, I realize that I'm becoming a better person. I don't have quirks. Well, whatever it is. I do, I'm just kidding. just throwing my hands up and saying, I don't get her and I'm not gonna understand her. <laughs> no, I have quirks, I admit that completely. And, and we are different. I have the magical thinking and you're very, very much an intellectual and, you know, scientific reason behind everything so we're different in that regard but I also think it gives us a good balance overall and I think it's helped us be good parents because we have one child that's a little bit more like me and two that are a little bit more like you and so I think it has helped us be good parents that we understand each other well Mm -hmm. you think okay so good example was was one of the things Um, I think also for me because of the way we grew up in the church I just never ever thought of divorce as an option either. Like I just, that wasn't even on my radar. And so I don't think I ever got to a point where it was like, oh, I'm throwing in the towel. That just didn't even cross my mind. Do you think that influenced you at all? I do. I I think that there was an expectation that marriage would be forever and Mm -hmm. that you don't just bail out of something after three to five years. Um, I mean, I think if you are gonna bail out, you should bail out early. Before you have kids, yeah, um, and so I think having that perspective, and I think there's also uh, there was more so a, a social stigma uh, against divorce that now divorce is more common. Yeah, I think so, and I think people I think people quit really easily. Yeah, which I mean, I do agree with you though that there are some situations where I think people married too fast or. They didn't marry the person they thought they were marrying. Because we know people that have gotten married and their personalities change after marriage. It's like they're trying to gain the prize so they're on their best behavior and then it's just not the same. So I agree. There's definitely times where divorce is a necessary thing. Um, But I don't think we ever got to that point where divorce even crossed our mind. No. It hasn't for me at least. Maybe it has for you. No, it hasn't. Only when I spend a lot of money. No, not even then. (laughs) Just yeah, kidding. I may not be happy, but divorce is definitely not. Yeah, it's never either. anything that's been on my mind either. It's just, and like you said, now we've invested so many years that I think if anything happened to you or we, heaven forbid, got divorced, I don't think I'd ever get remarried. Well, I've told you that you should if that's something were to happen to me. But Nope, nope. I'm just going to live with Mason. He's going to have to take care of me. Oh. I'll get a bunch of cats. <laughs> no, actually, I'd get a bunch of dogs. Okay, so I think the church influenced it a little bit, for sure, um, as far as it just wasn't an option. And then I think 
another thing for me as I thought about why did we work, and I think this was a big part of it, was we moved away from our friends and family and our support system after two years of marriage for you to start medical school. Mm-hmm. And we knew, we did not have one friend in Oklahoma City, not one. Well, no prior, no friends. Oh yeah, when we moved there, I mean, sorry. Yeah, no friends at all, we didn't know anyone. We picked an apartment, just my dad drove us up when I was pregnant and we left all our stuff there and we just picked an apartment without really knowing anyone. But, and I just, to remind everyone, cause we are older, back in those days, back in the olden days, we didn't have cell phones. And not only that, well, cell phones were brand new, we couldn't afford one. But not only that, long distance still cost money, except for Sundays. Sunday was the free day to call home. So I couldn't even call my family or my friends when I needed something or was having a crisis or felt like Mac and I are fighting over something, how do I resolve it, mom? Like it wasn't even an option because we couldn't afford long distance. And I think that was a good thing for us because we really had to rely on each other and find really cheap things to do because we were so poor. I think we played a lot of Scrabble. Mm -hmm. But I think that that really helped us bond and have a solid, strong connection. Yeah, and I love your parents, but when we were living near them, you were over there quite often. Oh, yeah, so well, there was a lot partially of because my mom fed us every day. Yeah, but, well, yeah. I mean, which is really nice, but it, it fostered a dependency on them, knowing that you could go back to them if there was a problem. Absolutely. And No, I, and I, I think moving away was the best thing, and that's what I tell our kids. The best thing they can do for their marriage is to live away from the in-laws and just have a solid relationship with each other first and develop that, and then move back by family if you want. Yeah. But I, I think that those those were kind of the things I could think of um, that helped us in, in our marriage succeeding. Anything else you can think of? In those early years, it was just kind of fulfilled our roles. I mean, my role was to go to school, go to medical school and get good grades and your role was to take care of the children. We had our roles in church. Um, then with the military, it, we were just very compatible. I mean, you took, you did your part and I did my part. And mm-hmm. knowing that you know, we had our first child when we started medical school and loved that child and just knew I had an obligation to take care of these children. And then another child at the end of medical school. And so we just fulfilled our roles. and. I think we had enough time for each other, but I think we definitely have more time for each other now. I mean, then with young children, you were busy with the children and I was busy with medical school and residency. Yeah. So I think a lot of it was just falling into those ruts, not in a bad way, but just that was the obligation, the community standard of what needed to be done. I was going to become a doctor and you were gonna be a great stay-at-home wife and you learned, you know, you were, you'd cooked and I sewed curtains I was crafty I did it all back then when yard of the month when we Ma- lived on oh yeah base. yard of the month when we lived on base and you did a lot of gardening yeah yep. but those were all good things for me during that time too because it filled the time that you were you were gone in residency and deployment and you know trying to keep me sane but so I was thinking about some roadblocks that we hit in our relationship because we buy we aren't perfect by any means 
I mean, we've made it to 26 years, but we've had our ups and downs and it's taken a lot of communication and patience and practice. Well, before you go on, I would just say that, and I recognize that just because we made it 26 years doesn't mean that we've just succeeded and that we're wonderful because, not that I plan on getting divorced, but you know, in the next four years, things can happen. And so I just always have this attitude of, I need to hold on to this and not screw this up. Yep. Because even when something's going well, I mean, I do see people that get divorced at 30, 35, oh, 40 definitely. years. Oh, definitely. I think it's more common now, too. And so I don't want to just get lackadaisical and complacent and just ride on the history and keep saying, yeah, I've been married for 26 years, therefore everything's fine. So now I think I'm even more cautious the longer it goes. Sorry, go ahead. No, that's good. But I also think that you have become more kind. I think your cautious comes across as more kind and compassionate and in a weird way, if that makes any sense. I think I'm less impatient. I'm less impetuous Yeah. in my pursuits um, because on a lot of things we kind of meet in the middle and discuss it. We, we talk about things a lot more. Um, I think for a long time, I'm digressing a little, but I think for a long time in the relationship, I didn't feel as smart as you, and and I hated that because I felt like I'm never, I'm never going to be as smart as Mac, which I'm not. You're you're brilliant, and I'm not brilliant, but I realize I am smarter at a lot of things than you are, and and my things usually are common sense smartness, a little bit, plus my sexology stuff, but I think you recognizing, rec, not rec, I think you always saw it, but I think you give me the words of affirmation that I am smart and that I am amazing and how great I am has given me more confidence. And so then I think it makes us more, makes me more confident in our relationship. It's just kind of this upward cycle for me. I don't even know how to really express that in a good way, but do you understand kind of what I'm trying to say? I do. I, I think in the past I paid lip service to female intelligence. Mm-hmm. And I would say, oh, yes, the women are just as smart as the men. Because you did, you would reinforce that I was an intellectual, though I think I'm just a pseudo-intellectual. Who, no, you're a really smart guy. But I, and I would you know, give these compliments back, say, oh, you're smart too, but not really thinking it. And not really validating that women, And I never felt it. You, you may have said it as lip service, but I did not feel it until the last several years. Well, because I, I didn't recognize it as such, because I just thought, well... You know, my job is to take care of us and think through things, and your job is to take care of the kids and, and look pretty. And, and I knew you were going to say look pretty. I knew I was waiting for that. <laughs> and I think it's just in the last few years that I've tried to get over the chauvinism, this patriarchy uh, order, and recognizing that your intuition abilities are achieving the same end goal that I do with my thinking, but I have to reason through from point A to point Z and you get there instantaneously, even though you don't know how you got there. And you call it magical thinking or just intuition. My and Jedi ability. Your Jedi, the Force. And I'm, I've mocked that in the past, but the more I've read and the, the more I've studied these things, um, realizing that you do come up with the right answer and what is intuition, that it's just, you know, I'm not going to get into all, what all that means to me, but I had to recognize that, wow, you are coming up with the correct answers more often than not and you do it quickly and so I had to recognize that and acknowledge your abilities and then also seeing you go through your training and go through school Mm -hmm. and seeing you achieve those things 
I think initially I was just enjoying it because I'd see the benefit that I'd get out of it um, and just liked you learning you know, about sexuality. But then to see you teach and to see you speak with people and to see you manage a business, um, I just get more and more impressed with you as you come onto your own. On a side note, it's kind of funny. I think, though, with our business, that people still go to you because you're the boss. And sometimes I get frustrated and I'm like, no, I'm the one who did the calendar behind the scenes or whatever. But it's just... I know. I think it's perceived <laughs> that I'm the organizational one. And you are. You're the organizational and I'm the creative mind. Yeah. In some ways. But I was, I was just saying that before we kind of went on a different pathway, that... I think that there were, we're not perfect. There's times that we have had fights and I was trying and kind of pivotal moments in our relationship. And one of those was after you were done with your residency and you had started military payback and we talked about living on base, how I, you know, one we are to the month and super involved and sewed and involved in church and everything. And I just remember that you, I think everything else in our life was going well. I felt like sex was going well. Our kids were happy. Things were as happy as they could be. I mean, you know, you'd been deployed. Those are getting ready to deploy, actually. But I remember I was so frustrated with you because you would come home from work and just relax. And I realized that it was my fault because we hadn't had kind of a good talk about, all right, now you're back in the household more. I need you to take back some of the stuff that I've been doing for the last 10 years. This, You know, this... I need you to take some stuff back on your plate. And I remember you were so kind and nice about it, and you got out your list and actually put in, okay, what do you need me to do? And I'm like, I need you to mow the lawn. I need you to take out the garbage. Just things like that that were basic but that were just overwhelming me and make me really resent you because you would come home from work, which you did work long hours, but as a staff it wasn't as bad. But you would sit down and relax. And I would just think, are you kidding I've been taking care of kids all day long, cleaning the house, doing laundry, running errands, dinner's ready for you, and you're not even being intuitive enough to know the garbage needs to be taken out. And I realized, no, he's not ever going to be intuitive. I'm going to have to have a conversation with him. And you were very kind and nice about that. Do you remember that? I don't remember me being kind and nice about it. Oh, yeah, you were. But I, I do know that those were just things I didn't notice because if I lived on my own, I would just think, oh, we, I will take the garbage out once it's piling up and falling over. You want me to take it out before that point. I which, tell you all the time, taking the garbage out is the best foreplay in the world. I know. I hate garbage. I, I hate it when the garbage can is overflowing. So I just had to acknowledge that, all right, this is something you want me to do. I, I don't see it as being an, uh, something needs to be done, but I will do it. So that's why I was just oblivious to it. And I feel bad that you were hesitant to ask me or that... And I feel bad that you have to ask me, but you do, because I'm just oblivious to some of these things. I'm not good at reading your mind at all, so you have to just be explicit and say, Mac, I need you to do this. And you're kind about it when you say it. And I know that when you do say it, it means that it's probably been on your mind for a very long time, and I just haven't picked up on it. Like in the last few years, making sure that the toilet seat is put down. Oh, which I appreciate I mean, I have so to, much. I put reminders on my phone. It's a taskless one. I mean, there's so many things I have to do. Basically, a string around my finger almost to remind myself to put the toilet seat down. And I could argue about whether it should be down, should be up, about the, all sorts of issues there. But I just do those things because it's there's a few things that are important to you. And not that it's an exchange uh, 
economy, but I know that if I do the things that are important to you, that then you acknowledge things that are important to me. Exactly. And I, it's funny because as I have clients, you know, where the woman's like, oh, I just need him to read my mind. Why is does he not? Why is he not intuitive? Or when I tell him, make a list of what your husband needs, they don't like that because they don't think it's spontaneous. They want their husband to just think of things on their own, dates on their own, flat, getting flowers, whatever it might be, and doing it on their own. And I have to tell him, no, there are just some men like you, right, who need a list just because you're so... I don't know, is it tunnel vision, OCD? What is it? Why, I don't know. We've had a conversation about flowers. Yeah, well, it's... Like, why? How, how come is it so hard for you to, to have flowers ordered and delivered for me? Well, I, I have been better about it. Oh, you lately. have? I mean, there are times when I get good for a while, then I may get bad for a while. No, 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 Part you've of the been, is, I'm not, this isn't a diss on you. When I have to be reminded about something, then it's like, well, now if you're reminding me, then you might as well just go ahead and order them. So I thought, well, don't remind me. Well, it's the same thing like when a man says, I want my wife to give me a blowjob, and the wife says, you ask me all the time. You don't ever give me a chance to be spontaneous. And so it's kind of that same. Yeah. So I I recognize that I think, all right, do I just buy the flowers? And sometimes I just do. And Mm -hmm. it's just, or I'll put it on my calendar to buy flowers this often or make sure. And you even told me, Mac, if you need to, just put it on your calendar and just make it happen routinely because then you promise to forget about it so that then if it happens you get surprised and go oh this is wonderful which is funny because i it's not i love the flowers don't get me wrong but it but i love the flowers because i know how hard it is for you to order the flowers (laughs) and so that it's the effort that it took you mentally and time to think about it and do it you know even if you ordered six months at a time just the fact that i knew you thought that far ahead because for me you thinking about things and being thoughtful as far and the number one thing I think that I appreciate the most is when you give of your time because I know how valuable your time is because you help me so much at my job you also have a full-time real job and so I know your time is a little bit um, spread out and it's you know precious and so when you do something for me that takes away from all of that other, I appreciate it even more, like coming on this trip with me. Well, I know the beach isn't your first place to want to go. Sand in your toes. Rebecca got this, the same from you. She hates sand, and as you say, sand is just dirt. But the fact that you yeah, it's just happily, dirt. happily came along on this trip and have been sitting with me at the beach and at the pool, that means so much to me. That's to me, means more than a diamond ring. I mean, that's just... Because it takes effort on your part. Well, and I appreciate that you acknowledge that because I know that you could act differently. You could say, well, Mac, you're, I know you're here at the beach, but you're not enthusiastic about it. You're not really wanting to be here with me. You're only here because I'm making you. Which, I mean, to be fair, 10 years ago, I probably would have been that way. Right. And I could see where that would be a justified response because you'd say, well, Mac, I want you to want to be here. And I'd say, well, I'm, I'm here because you want me to be here. I'm mm-hmm. not here because I chose to be here. Really, if, if we got divorced... I probably wouldn't go back to a beach, you know, <laughs> by choice. I just don't have that desire, and I think unless you, you had a really young, hot trophy wife that wanted you to go there, uh, no, it'd be the same frustration. I'd say depends no. on how pretty she is. No, you're incredibly pretty, and I do. <laughs> no, my my point is that um, what was my point? You got me flustered now. I'm sorry that you appreciate it. You appreciate that I appreciate you. Right, because I could see you ten years ago. You may have been upset and you wanted me to want to be there, and. 
I think you just had to recognize eventually that, all right, Mac just does not like the beach. The way you're gonna get me to the beach is by asking and recognizing that you can't make me like the beach. Mm-hmm. Just like there's certain things I can't make you like certain things. But you go along with it because you're a kind person and because you love me and you try to understand the situation. And actually this, the beach hasn't been bad because as I have that compassion and I go down to the beach, like, all right, I'm standing around walking on the beach and I'm not gonna be a martyr about it. I've got, you know, got sand in my shoes. And it's okay. Where I think 10, 15 years ago, it was painful for me. And some of that just may be mellowing with age and trying to not be as manipulative. Where I think before I was manipulative in trying to get my way or thinking ahead, thinking, well, if I do this, will you do something for me? Yeah, yeah. And realizing... Definitely the the karma's trade. Yeah. I get this if you do that, vice versa. I agree. And we did do some of that. I mean, it was. We actually would plot things out so mm-hmm. and I, sometimes I, I'm not opposed to that I think sometimes that's a fun thing it can be a fun you know or a good way to compromise even but I mean there's times where we've done it and it's been fun and playful yeah but yeah and I think that and I think that's okay too because at least it gets us communicating and saying like I will do this I'll go to the beach for you if you'll go to this movie with me mm-hmm. um, or if you'll do go on a you know, do something else with me yeah He's thinking sex right yeah, now, just in case you're wondering. Yeah, I'm not going to go into any details with that got here. The list, got the look. I got the look there for sure. Yeah, well, so. yes, I'm actually that shallow. <laughs> That's all right. It's I'm all very good. Simple. I like sex too, so we're good. It's fair. So, all right. Any other things you think have made us succeed so far? Nope, just sex. joking about sex in just a little but I do feel like that has been an important part of our relationship because you feel love through touch that's one of your primary love languages and I think oftentimes lack of sex then comes across as lack of touch lack of love for people who have a have primarily touch and I recognize that I recognize that just as much as me receiving flowers from you is important to me me having sex with you, which I'm doing it because I like it too. I'm not just having sex with you because I feel like I owe you, but I know that that's important to you. Mm-hmm. And so I make it a priority. And then again, if you're happy, I'm happy. If I'm happy, you're happy. So I think it works very well for us. Yeah. It, I, mean, I, I give you a lot of credit in these last 10 years of going back to school and you just learned so much and we reevaluated a lot of morals and ethics regarding sex um, because we were raised in a, in a certain dogma that said certain things were off limits and were not to be discussed or even considered and we got to a point where we said no we need to discuss we need to talk about things and re- and evaluate things and and that's a lot of what your schooling did for you was, you know, really push you to reevaluate things and address things mm-hmm. from the ground up. And which uh, was good because I think it helps me be a better sexologist, of course. But it, I think the biggest benefit of all of it was our marriage, our relationship. I think is so much stronger. Oh yeah, that's the biggest blessing out of out of me becoming a sexologist. Yeah, it definitely ma- it made me admit to my 
failures and desires and made me tell you what I'm feeling. And, and I was able to get over a lot of unnecessary guilt, which I still carry some, but realizing sex and missionary position in the dark on Fridays doesn't cut it, you know? And not for you, but for me either. It, I like different positions. I like toys. I like, I know this is TMI for some of my family. I'm sorry, but actually it's probably not a shock to any of our kids to hear this, but not feeling guilt over that has been really nice. Yeah. I do feel like though there's a shift. You know, when Becca got married, she and Mitch came down for Mason's graduation and it was about a week before their wedding and they wanted to go over to the Sexology Institute and look around and I thought, okay, I'm, I'm prepared as a mom. I can do this. This is awesome. My daughter's getting married. And in my head, I'm thinking, okay, what am I going to send her home with? I'm going to send her home with some lube, probably a small little bullet toy, a nice beginner, you know, nothing overwhelming. And then there was a book that was kind of just a basics of sex book. And so they were looking around, and I won't out them on what they ended up getting, <laughs> but... I said, okay, you guys ready? What do you want? And they're like, yes. And they started at the first case of toys that if you've been to the Institute, you know what I'm talking about. And kind of just had a nice fun mini shopping spree. And I was blown away. And it was that mixed emotions of, okay, I'm helping my daughter and son-in-law stock their, their fun toy box. But at the same time, like this proud mom, like, oh my gosh, they are so far advanced compared to what we were when we got married. And I think that that's fantastic that those conversations are happening before marriage. Yeah, and I think that our kids have learned so much from you and your openness about these things. Rebecca recently wrote a blog post mm, um, yep. about she just completed her first year of marriage. She was very blunt and raw in her writing about the struggles they went through in the first year of marriage and how they just required each other to communicate. And she admitted her own failings and being extremely sensitive. Mm -hmm. And I can see that because I think that I had been that way in marriage where I had said, no, tell me what you're feeling. But when you did, I would kind of say, well, now you've hurt my feelings. Yep. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, that blog post was amazing. I feel like reading that, that's where we were at year 10. Yeah. So just Im impressed that our kids seem to be doing pretty well and they have... Uh, parroted what they've learned from you. Yeah. No, and you. Both of us. I think it's well, combined. I teach them how to change the oil. But that's <laughs> well, apparently they all missed the boat in cooking, and I don't know what I did wrong as a mom there, but... Grubhub. Grubhub. <laughs> Favor? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know about that. I think the other thing that's, that's cute, Madeline, our oldest just moved back to Utah to start school and she's been dating and having kind of a fun summer so far and she shared a story about this boy that, that she's kind of been hanging out with but I thought it was sweet because one thing I've always told her was the only thing I care about when you get married and Becca also and Mason is that you find someone who loves you as much as dad loves me and as much as dad thinks I'm amazing and when she called yesterday she reminded me of, of that and that she said as she's dating these people that's what she thinks of is that she wants that's her the advice is that she wants to find someone that 
emulates you as a husband and the, that loves me as much as you love me, which I think is sweet. I think it's a good goal to find a spouse that loves their kids as much as I love you, but someone who's maybe a little more normal and a little more social. I think most people are more normal and more social than I am. No, we all have our problems. But you do love me. I love you. I mean, you you've been a really... You, immensely. You are still an amazing, wonderful husband, and you always have been. We've had our ups and downs, for sure, but I think... Yeah, I've screwed up a couple of times. Well, so have I. Not as many as you, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. But I think the fact that we could come back out from those down moments even stronger is why we succeed at what we do Mm -hmm. you think yeah all right anything else you can think of i mean not that this is any advice for anyone it's just i you know i was trying to think of what what worked for us what advice would you give someone who's getting married oh i we got so much good advice when we were getting married um I need to remember some of that. Was it your grandma Katie who said, if you don't like something, try it again grandpa, later? Nope, Grandpa Price. Yep, if you don't like something, try it again later. And he gave that advice to my mom, and then my mom gave that to me. And that was in reference to sex. Try something once. If you don't like it, try it again a year later. And I think we actually, that's kind of was our motto. I remember. It worked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll leave it at that. It did. There are things we try. I'm like, I don't like that. But you're later like, yeah, I like that. Yeah. Well, and I think, I mean, it's such wise advice because when you're in a brand new relationship, you don't know everything about each other in a sexual way. And hopefully just like everything else, you get better and better and better at having sex and better and better and better and better about communicating about sex. And so hopefully that analogy or that advice does work because you just keep going up and up and up. Not to mean you're not, you're going to hit plateaus sometimes just when you have a new baby or job change, moving, whatever. But as long as you kind of keep going, because I, I mean, that's definitely been for us. We just keeps getting better and better and better. The other advice that um, Larry Stevens gave us, he said, you know, don't put off your happiness. Yep. That was the best. Don't put off saying, well, we'll be happy when we push through this thing. Mm-hmm. You know, once we get through this, then we'll find happiness. Or he said, don't wait for it. Find Which the is, happiness in the moment. Yeah, just know that this you know, this moment now is when things will get happy. And we were happy at all, throughout all of it. Um, but I, and I'm really enjoying now. I'm, I, I'm a better parent to older kids than I am to brand new babies. I wasn't great with babies, didn't know what to do with them. No, you were cute with babies. Uh, I like being a parent to older kids. And yeah. I love my kids, and I like now that they're adultish and that they're adulting. And we get our you know, alone time to, as, long as, uh, as long as you stay in good health. Yep. That's why we're going to try and fit in as many vacations as possible Yeah. before I have to have a hip replacement. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Thanks for doing this with me. I know you weren't prepared, and I know that's hard for you, but... That's all right. But I think the one thing we've learned is that We just take advantage of every day the best that we can and make the most of it. And I think that's just the best best advice is don't look forward so much that you don't live in the moment.